dietitian. And I'm Tara, a journalist. We're mums of little ones and we're also sisters. New Mums Nutrition is a podcast that helps you optimize your nutrition and thrive in this season of life. Welcome back to New Mums Nutrition. Now, today we're doing something a little bit different. I'm Tara, by the way. Instead of talking about food that we want to add in, today we're talking about foods that we might want to cut out. And we're talking specifically in the context of your breastfeeding journey. Are there foods that we should be avoiding or reducing consumption of? They're all the questions I have for our resident expert, Lana. (laughs) Now, just before we get too much into it, we're not normally on about cutting out food. We're normally on about what you can add in. And we wholeheartedly believe there's room in a healthy diet for all types of food. But like in pregnancy, when you're breastfeeding, there are certain foods that you need to be a bit more mindful of or considerate of. Uh, It's just a different circumstance, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. And um, it's not about focusing on, oh, I can't have this, I can't have this, because as you'll hear today, all of those things that you might have heard of what to cut out and that you're not allowed to have – Really, there's some that are, that are just unfounded and there's not good evidence to support those. But there are some things you do want to be mindful of. So we're going to take you through those today. Yeah, and I think there's lots of there's lots of stuff online about what you should and shouldn't be cutting out. And I remember hearing a story about two mums who were in the maternity ward and they both had very, very fresh little babies. And one mum had a rough night, you know, their three-day-old was quite unsettled. And the other mum helpfully kind of said, you know, between the curtains, you know, did you eat any chocolate yesterday? And the new mum thought, oh, did I? I might have. I mean, I just gave birth. Mm. I deserve some. And the other woman said to her, well, you know, chocolate contains caffeine and that can affect your breast milk. And so that could have been the reason your baby was up all night. Oh, how stressful. (laughs) Just pushed a fresh human out. You don't need someone telling you Mm. that you can't have chocolate. There's enough. So so tell us. And if someone is telling you that, you want to know why and if you can have that food or can't have that food, how much can you have or do you need to avoid all of it? Like I think sometimes, you know, we might need to legitimately limit or cut things out completely but you want to be making sure that if you're going to cut something out while you're breastfeeding, that you know exactly why you're doing that. And that it's actually going to make a difference or have mm. the effect you want it to. And for how long as well. That That's a thing that sometimes it's about um, like for certain conditions, you might not see an improvement for a few weeks, but for certain foods and the effect that that'll have, it might only be 12 hours. So you want to be making sure that you're you're understanding why. So let's, I hear you have a bit of a list to go yes, through I today. Have, I have four or five things uh, that you should be mindful of thinking of. So shall I get right. into it? Yeah. What's the first one? Okay. The first one is fish. So fish well, is Cutting one, out fish. So you want to be... Just like when you're pregnant, you want to be thinking through large predatory fish, like those deep sea fish, because of the mercury. So just the same rules that apply in pregnancy, you actually want to be considering things like 
shark or flake, marlin, swordfish. Uh, if And, you know, most of us wouldn't be eating those very commonly. But again, we actually do want to be having enough omega-3, but we don't want to be having high mercury levels. So you want to be making sure you're choosing low mercury, but high omega-3 fish. That's things like your salmon, tuna, sardines, mackerel and herring. So fish and chips, yay or nay? You want to be making sure they don't really sell it as much anymore with flake. But if you're having flake in your fish and chips, then I would be avoiding that and choosing, opting for something like you could have a salmon or a barramundi, for example, when you're ordering fish and chips. So it's just important for the mercury. Just like in pregnancy, you're mindful to make sure you had fish two to three times a week. It's the same in breastfeeding. If you were to have something like flake or marlin or swordfish, then we recommend you don't eat any other seafood for the next fortnight. Now, you can get a blood test to check your mercury levels, but for most people, you don't need to do that because most of us aren't eating enough fish anyways. Uh, But it's just something to be mindful of. People think the fish rules apply during pregnancy, but not during breastfeeding. But that's just something you want to be mindful of. I had no idea. After this episode, I'm going to check all the fish in my freezer. Most of most of the things like bassa and your white fish generally are okay. Like they're okay. Oh, that's a relief because I have hokey and battered yeah. fish in my freezer. Yeah, yeah, those are fine. But you just want to be making sure you're not having flake. That's the big one that can sneak in there that people forget about. Oh, excellent. Okay, what's number two? Caffeine. Now, again, like in pregnancy, we want to be mindful of not having an excessive amount of caffeine. The limit, again, we want to be thinking through, well, how much can I have and for how long might it have its effect? Caffeine, we want to be sticking around to that 200 milligrams per day. 200 milligrams of caffeine, what does that look like in a day? So that could be uh, one or two cups of coffee at home. Uh, depending on how strong you make your coffee or, or one coffee bought out, a few cups of tea um, and remembering things like chocolate are included in that, especially your dark chocolates. But the thing that that's important to remember is ca- caffeine. You might personally feel more comfortable not having any caffeine because there's no benefit apart from blocking how tired you're feeling that caffeine has and that's you know it might be a very important benefit so it's good to know how much you are allowed to safely have but it might go through the breast milk and so some women just feel more comfortable not having any caffeine at all but for you it's important that you know so you can make it a personal decision for yourself to either not have any you might have close to 100 milligrams to be safe or 200 as a max and if you were to have sort of around that 200 milligrams it sort of peaks at about an hour and then it it reduces down and goes out of about 10 hours, 10 to 12 hours for caffeine. So sometimes you might even plan your breastfeed to, if you're having a coffee, you might space it out so it's not within that first sort of hour or two. I need to go back to the fact that you mentioned chocolate. How much chocolate? Yes, we've got that story. Now that actually, let's go to number three because number three is chocolate is one of my things. Now you don't need to be avoiding chocolate. No. No, 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 no. Hear me out. I've put chocolate on my list as because I wanted to address this because this is the one, one of the biggest things I hear. And there are actually two reasons why people are uh, recommended to avoid chocolate. One is the caffeine, like we just spoke about, around that 200 milligrams um, of, of 
caffeine. And the other one is a compound, like caffeine is a compound in chocolate. There's another compound called theobromine. Now, you might be thinking, I've never heard of that before. I can see Tara pulling some faces at me. (laughs) Now, theobromine is in chocolate. And what they found is there's been a few case studies where some infants got like jitters and a bit shaky when they had excessive levels of theobromine. In particular, there was um, one lady who, sorry, um, yeah, theobromine is is has been shown in a few cases to be linked to maybe causing some jittering or some shakiness in in um, the baby from having excess amount. But this is where the caveat is. They found that this occurred when either with was Hershey's chocolate um, was about 115 grams of that consumed uh, like every six hours might cause that effect or it would be the equivalent to 250 grams of chocolate being consumed in a day for example there was a few different cases where they sort of looked and they don't test this on babies but if it happens they sort of gather the information and just for context one of those purple blocks of Cadbury chocolate is 180 grams of chocolate so you'd have to be having like at least almost one and a half blocks blocks of chocolate every day. And remember, this was oh, like when they looked at this, this was over weeks. So this is every day to be having these effects. Your friend or the person who you saw post that social media post who's having two squares of chocolate is not going to get anywhere near that amount. So those are the two reasons why chocolate gets a bit of a bad rap and why it doesn't need to because the dose is important. So generally you can have a few, a handful of Cadbury's favourites without stressing too much because one of those is only like 20 grams. And if you have the crunchy, well, then there's even less chocolate because it's mostly honeycomb, (laughs) isn't it? So, yeah, you can safely have enough. You can safely have some chocolate. Um, It might be a few squares or or a roll of chocolate. You can safely have that while breastfeeding. You don't have to have it, but you don't need to be concerned about it affecting your your breast milk uh, for the caffeine and the theobromine. That's really helpful. Dose is important. So for some of us, we may need to look at the dose because chocolate is delicious and for some of us as being a mum is hard it's nice to have that kind of comfort at the end of a day when Mm. the kid is finally out of your arms or sometimes they're asleep on you but they're quiet so it's not and it's nice to just tuck in like I've certainly if I get anywhere near that pretzel chocolate from Aldi like I'm not sharing that Mm. and so for some of us we may need to go okay I, sh- I need to just be mindful of a block a day is going to build up and over a few weeks that could present an issue. Is that right? Mm. Okay. Yeah, and I think if you're someone who's feeling like you're needing that to, to cope and to uh, get by in motherhood, let's not forget that 
even things like binge eating disorder. It might be overeating for you or emotional eating, but there is also binge eating disorder. And I see many clients for that and we help to work through that. And I would just want to say if that's something that you're um, struggling with, that sometimes just trying harder is not actually the answer. And we have a set way of working through it so if you're feeling like I've tried not eating all this chocolate and I just can't stop then that might be a time where it's time to reach out for extra support and help but if you're just generally wondering can I eat that chocolate bar uh, and and it be safe while I'm breastfeeding generally speaking yes but if you're wondering about you know whether it's something that you're struggling with and whether you might need more support and help you feel free to reach out podcast at lanaherth.com and we can answer any of your questions now what are we up to that was the third point that yeah. so let's I have on two more and they're quick and they're more drink based these ones mm-hmm. so the next one is herbal teas now you don't need to avoid herbal teas because I can see yeah um... I was really confused for a second I was like okay so if I can't have caffeinated tea and I can't have herbal tea what do yeah, I drink? What is left to drink? So with herbal teas, you just want to be mindful. There are some things like pe- like peppermint oil has been shown to have a small effect on potentially lowering um, breast milk production, especially I wouldn't, one cup is probably not going to have an impact, but with any herbal teas, it tends to start creating more of a medicinal effect or um, a bigger impact of those herbs from when you have over three cups. Of, in a day yeah of one particular type of tea oh. so so you could mix it up if you're someone who struggles with low milk supply maybe opting to not have that peppermint tea and swapping that for like a lemon and ginger tea or something I'm thinking of that because that's the one I've got next to me at the moment but it could be any anything else so just a and that's actually in pregnancy as well. We want to be thinking about herbal teas, not having sort of the same one, more than three cups of herbal tea, just because we don't have much safety data on that. So that's a safe limit to have. So you could, in theory, have a cup of peppermint, a cup of chamomile, a cup of lemon and ginger, and then go back to the peppermint. And that would be okay because it's about the concentration of the herb itself, as opposed to how many hot drinks you have in a day. Yeah, that's right. Now, I will make a disclaimer that I'm not a naturopath. So if if you're after any more specific herbal advice, that's where you go to um, a trusted and qualified naturopath. For generally speaking, in terms of food and fluids, that's sort of uh, what, what we recommend. And the last one is protein powders. Now, that's one to be mindful of because sometimes you're after something quick and easy. And I know a lot of my clients will want something, especially for breakfast in the morning, just to kickstart their day. Shake and go. That's right. And so the one thing you do want to be mindful of is making sure your protein powders are third-party tested and making sure that your protein powder, like again, can be a source of, there can be caffeine in some of them, there can be extra additives. And so going for a more simple protein powder, even just like a whey protein powder or a pea protein powder, something that's not a complex mix is, is probably a key takeaway. 
The Matt? reason, if you're wondering, I can see the cogs turning. Yeah. The, re- would, the reason I'm... is sometimes protein powders can have um, heavy metals in them um, and be, if they're not third-party tested, they can be a higher amount of those, uh, of those and then that can build up in the body as well. And so because the regulation is not as strict around the, some of these protein powders, you just want to be making sure you're choosing ones that are third-party tested and more simple ingredients. That's really helpful, especially given that a lot of people do opt for protein powders because it feels like a healthy option and it feels like doing something good for your body to actually. And just quick and easy and convenient, you know, having that in a mix as an option for a breakfast on the go or even a lunch, like something to have, or people might be getting back into exercise as well. So Though I just wanted to tap that one in there. You still are able to have it, but you just want to be mindful about your choices. No, that's super helpful. And if you're wondering kind of where to go from here about any of the foods mentioned, feel free to get in touch. As Lana said, this is the kind of stuff she deals with one-on-one with her clients all the time. And so she is very keen and eager to help all women, including yourself, get the best, get the most out of their nutrition get the most out of their breastfeeding journey and particularly in a time where we might need to consider a bit more what we're consuming. Now remember, all information on the podcast is general. It doesn't replace individual medical advice. A good place to start for more information would actually be to go to our website, lanahurst.com, and download our free new mum's nutrition checklist. This episode is brought to you by Lana Hurst. She's an expert pre and postnatal dietitian. Remember to subscribe, please leave a review and share with a friend so that more women can optimize their nutrition in a realistic and achievable way.